Who is more humble? The scientist who looks at the universe with an open mind and accepts whatever the universe has to teach us, or somebody who says everything in this book must be considered the literal truth and never mind the fallibility of all the human beings involved. Carl Sagan. Welcome to the Inside a Millennial's Mind podcast. Uh, I want to apologize in advance. My throat started hurting today, of course, the day I decide to record. So if it's a little scratchy sounding, that's probably why. Um, I do need to do some housekeeping before we begin. Soon I will be a podcast that you can have on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts, and you can subscribe to it. And every time I put out a new one, it'll automatically download for you. So keep your ears and eyes open for that on my social media, as well as if you subscribe to the website, I'll send out an email blast as well. Um, sharing the blogs and podcasts on your own social media uh, does wonders on how many people I can reach. So keep um, sharing and liking uh, it reaches more people and therefore gives me a chance to not only um, get my message across to more people, but also allows for opportunities that might not otherwise arise. So I kind of really rely on you guys. Otherwise, I have to get advertisements for the show um, or advertisements, more advertisements on the websites because I don't have a lot at the moment. And I don't want to. So I currently am looking at giving back. Um, personally, I started giving back. $5 every month goes to the Against Malaria Foundation um, out of my own pocket, but I am a teacher, and lacking resources um, means I can't give more, even though I'd like to, so I rely on you guys again, and any money that you donate to the show, half of it, 50%, will go to the Against Malaria Foundation, so $5 actually gets a bed net to children in need, according to GiveWell.org, which is a phenomenal website that ranks kind of the altruistic uh, side of all these different foundations and how much they do for how much you give. So I either advise you to go do that yourself, recommend it highly, or give to the show as half of it will go towards making the show better and half will go towards getting children bed nets to stop the uh, malaria outbreaks. Um... Today shows a, a two-part. Part one is going to be now, obviously, but part two is going to come in a week, uh, maybe two, and it's it's about two topics that I think need to be addressed before any others, uh, in my personal opinion. So today I'm going to be using lots of quotes from great thinkers and authors. Um, very smart people, probably smarter than me for sure. And uh, I'm also going to be using Sam Harris's book, The End of Faith, which if you haven't read it or didn't know about it, I highly recommend that book. Um, it's phenomenal. It outlines really, really uh, good reasons as to why faith and religion is uh, kind of uh, holding us back a little bit. And uh, I don't actually own it digitally and I own it on Audible so I can read it when I need to read it and I can listen to it when I can't pick up a book. So, um, These days it seems to be easy to get angry just about over anything and I see lots of people getting angry and focusing their frustration 
on little stuff, I guess you could you could call it. It might not really be little, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a little little. Or issues that will eventually work themselves out with given enough time. So either it's not affecting enough people, so we shouldn't worry about it yet, right? Not that we don't need to worry about it, but not yet. Or it's going to work its way to be the, it's going to find its way to be the right thing. It just needs to trickle through society and some younger generations a few more times, and it will come to be um, what it needs to. But I see lots of people focusing their attention on these. I'm going to focus on two that I think are the most important topics that we need to address today and be able to discuss openly and honestly. I'm going to do this with limited uh, commentary on my part. So I'm going to use lots of quotes, like I said, to try and drive the point home. If you'd like me to discuss further on any of these issues um, from my own personal beliefs and opinions, let me know and I I could do another show, um, a quick one on just what I think, but I don't want to speak too much from my own. As I think the quotes that I found and, and and the passages I found from End of Faith do wonders. So... Today is on religion, which if you don't know my stance on religion, you can go and find the blog post, The Non-Believer, on InsideMillennialsMind.com and read that. Um, But religion is causing lots of issues, not just body count, but lots of emotional damage and societal damage right now in the world. So to start that off, I'm going to read from The End of Faith, a passage uh, by Sam Harris. This is not to say that the deepest concerns of the faithful, whether moderate or extreme, are trivial or even misguided. There is no denying that most of us have emotional and spiritual needs that are now addressed, however obliquely and at a terrible price, by mainstream religion. And these are needs that a mere understanding of our world, scientific or otherwise, will never fulfill. There is clearly a sacred dimension to our existence, and coming to terms with it could well be the highest purpose of human life. But we will find that it requires no faith in untestable propositions. Jesus was born of a virgin. The Quran is a word of God for us to do this. I am never going to say that religious people or all religious people, or all faith-based people, are bad. I, I love many uh, close family and friends of mine who are uh, religious, and they're amazing people to interact with, to work with, um, but I think they give themselves little credit, or less credit than they should. They themselves are amazing people, and I don't see how a God made them so. I think they are just amazing people for being amazing people for for taking what life has given them and become who they are um we need to address religious moderates because we don't need to address the fundamentalists they're the ones that we know are doing um the right making the body count go up but religious moderates their actions are causing harm to more people than i think we'd like to admit and so another passage from Sam Harris wraps that up a little bit more. 
It is with respect to this rather surprising cognitive scenery that we must decide what it means to be a religious moderate in the 21st century. Moderates in every faith are obliged to loosely interpret or simply ignore much of their canons in the interests of living in the modern world. No doubt an obscure truth of economics is at work here. Societies appear to become considerably less productive whenever large numbers of people stop making widgets and begin killing their customers and creditors for heresy. The first thing to observe about the moderates' retreat from scriptural literalism is that it draws its inspiration not from the scripture, but from cultural developments that have rendered many of God's utterances difficult to accept as written. In America, religious moderation is further enforced by the fact that most Christians and Jews do not read the Bible in its entirety, and consequently have no idea just how vigorously the God of Abraham wants heresy expunged. Um, I, I'm just going to keep going. There, I found a quote by Sam Harris. It's, I didn't find it in End of Faith when I was reading through it, but I found it online, and I think it, it can kind of continues this well. So, uh, Sam Harris. Religious moderates are, in large part responsible for the religious conflict in our world because their beliefs provide the context in which scriptural literalism and religious violence can never be adequately opposed. That's a large claim to make about religious moderates, many of whom I know to be amazing people, partly in what they believe. However, Religious moderates are allowing for the bloom of fundamentalists. So Sam Harris's quote does hit it right on the head. Without being able to oppose bad ideas, especially those found in many religions, and currently Islam being the largest one, the, the most deadly at the moment, <clears throat> We're, we're taking the freedom of speech that many of us <clears throat> love, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's becoming silenced. The moment you say the word God or religion, people tend to shut down what you're going to say. Whether it be you don't know what you're talking about, you're not a follower, you don't go to church, you don't know what you're talking about because you don't read the Bible, whatever it might be, they shut you down. We're not trying to say you're wrong. Hope you know the good ones that are that are trying to debate this issue or or discuss it are not trying to say that you're necessarily wrong in what you believe. But what we're saying is that what you're believing in and your actions of believing are causing us not to be able to discuss the bad ideas that come out of religion, and therefore <clears throat> make it really tough to oppose fundamentalists who do make the body count rise so that's that you know no other idea is is in our world is protected from criticism except religion for some reason it has this shield around it that makes it impossible to debate with people or even discuss with people if it's not you're not discussing uh, a view that's common. There's two ways, and I've said this in my last podcast. I think there's two ways to change people's minds. 
violence or freedom of speech. So the next time somebody tries to discuss with you what you believe in and might believe otherwise or is interested in knowing why you believe such things, think about if you'd rather have violence be that person's answer or if you'd rather that person be able to openly discuss it with you. Um, I'll wrap this part up with one last passage from the Sam Harris's book, The End of Faith. From the perspective of those seeking to live by the letter of the texts, the religious moderate is nothing more than a failed fundamentalist. He is, in all likelihood, going to wind up in hell with the rest of the unbelievers. The problem that religious moderation poses for all of us is that it does not permit anything very critical to be said about religious literalism. We cannot say that fundamentalists are crazy because they are merely practicing their freedom of belief. We cannot even say that they are mistaken, in religious terms, because their knowledge of scripture is generally unrivaled. All we can say, as religious moderates, is that we don't like the personal and social costs that a full embrace of scripture imposes on us. This is not a new form of faith, or even a new species of scriptural exogenous. It is simply a capitulation to a variety of all too human interests that have nothing, in principle, to do with God. Religious moderation is the product of secular knowledge and scriptural ignorance, and it has no bona fides, in religious terms, to put it on a par with fundamentalism. So, religious moderates, please let us discuss the bad ideas that are in your belief system. It's the only way we're going to flush out the bad ones. There's many good ones. I know there are because I know a lot of people that follow just the good ones. But if you don't let us talk about the bad ones, then the bad ones will continue to harm people. Whether it's body count or whether it's not letting people be themselves, families that disown for a child being not the way they want them to be, whatever it might be, it's harming people and we have to flush out the bad ideas. The next topic on religion of why I sometimes get angry um, is... I'm going to keep it short, and if you'd like me to talk more about it, let me know. But I'm going to start with a quote from Christopher Hitchens from the book God is Not Great, which is another phenomenal one. If religious instruction were not allowed until a child had attained the age of reason, we would be living in a quite different world. Christopher Hitchens. Well, that says it pretty good, but I guess I can go a little further. No other concept in the world that is as difficult as religion is to understand. Do we force? I think force is the right word. Do we force children into thinking about at such young ages? But yet we take toddlers to church And I know most of the people that do this take them to one church. 
therefore raising that child to believe that is the only way to believe. That is the only way to live. It's the only way to think. And all others as growing up, all others that you encounter are wrong. Nowhere else in the world do we do this. No other subject do we do this. Um, you have to let a child be themselves. And the moment you take that kid to one place and tell them this is the way that it is, with no evidence, mind you. Now, if you're doing this with evidence, if you're teaching your child that gravity is what's holding us to the earth, well, that's different because we have evidence of that. But nowhere else without evidence do we push beliefs on children that we hold to be true. So please stop doing it to, to children. If you're going to take your child to church, take them to all of them. Take that child to every church so he can see or she can see that there are people that believe in all sorts of wonderful things in this world. Teach them to enjoy nature without religion. And then when they become of age, middle school, high school, when they can start becoming their own person, having their own thoughts and opinions on, on issues around the world, tell them this is what we believe if you still believe in something, you make up your own mind. You're your own person. We'll love you no matter what, but I want you to be your own person. Have your own opinions. So forcing children into one religion without evidence, well, <clears throat> that's almost the definition of child abuse. So as you can see, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, Today, this afternoon, it's not our intention to discuss religion. Uh, we, we're going to forget religion. If we bring up religion, we'll be in an argument. And the best way to uh, keep away from arguments and differences, as I said earlier, put your religion at home, in the closet. Keep it between you and your God. Because if it hasn't done anything more for you than it has, you need to forget it anyway. That was Malcolm X, um, which leads me into a little bit about politics and, and a little bit back to the religious moderation, but mostly on politics. And if you have opinions that have no evidence to support them, you need to keep those to yourself. That's fact. Because if you start imposing non-factual beliefs on people, you're going to run into people that clearly do not believe the same as you. And then that turns into arguments and it turns into violence, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, and the problem I'm seeing now with religion is it's seeping its way into our government a lot more. At least I'm seeing it do that more. I guess maybe that's a little bit based on social media and the ability to get news a little bit quicker. But bills are trying to be passed, um, not only at the government level, but at state levels with forcing religion into schooling, um, using, you know, faith as justification for actions. I mean, let's think about it with the Syrian 
chemical attacks that just happened. This is crazy that this is happening as I was finishing up the outline for this podcast, but that's belief systems killing people. That's bad ideas killing people. That's not necessarily bad people killing people. I'm not going to say that those people aren't bad people, but what I am going to say is that they are definitely worse off due to their belief systems. So governments using their book to expunge people? If you're not sure what religion can do when it's in complete power, go back in history. And if you don't want to go back in history, look now. Countries all over the world are killing their own people based on belief systems. If that doesn't prove to you how bad religion can be, I don't know what would make it clear to you. It seems pretty incredibly clear that religion, when in power, is devastating to many people. To finish the government piece, I'm going to take another excerpt from The End of Faith by Sam Harris. But religious moderation still represents a failure to criticize the unreasonable and dangerous certainty of others. As a consequence of our silence on these matters, we live in a country in which a person cannot get elected president if he openly doubts the existence of heaven and hell. This is truly remarkable. Given that there is no other body of knowledge that we require our political leaders to master, even a hairstylist must pass a licensing exam before applying his trade in the United States. And yet those given the power to make war and national policy those whose decisions will inevitably affect human life for generations are not expected to know anything in particular before setting to work. They do not have to be political scientists, economists, or even lawyers. They need not have studied international relations, military history, resource management, civil engineering, or any other field of knowledge that might be brought to bear in the governance of a modern superpower. They need only to be an expert Fundraisers comport themselves well on TV and be indulgent of certain myths. In our next presidential election, an actor who reads his Bible would most certainly defeat a rocket scientist who does not. Could there be any clearer indication that we are allowing unreason and otherworldliness to govern our affairs? This happens in countries all around the world. The worst countries all around the world. And it kind of happening now in ours, in America here, where we have a president who literally seems to be absolutely out of his mind. If you don't believe that our new president has no idea what he's doing, I don't know what would make it clear to you. So... That's the government standpoint. Let's go ahead and wrap this up a little bit here. I want to say that while religion brings wonders to people and it brings happiness to people around the world, it brings more suffering. 
So the next time you think about how much happiness it makes you, brings you, excuse me, think that it's probably bringing at least two people to your every one. It's bringing them misery, uh, sadness. So stop making others feel bad about themselves and their choices. They are not yours to make. You may not like what others do or what they believe, but you are not them and therefore have no right to push any ideologies, theologies, or judgment onto them. You are you, therefore you can control you and no one else. I disrespect all religions. Stop killing people. Stop raping. Stop dictating what others get to drink eat, wear, or say, read some books for a change. And if you want respect, you better fucking earn it. Because right now your death toll in the world, let alone the sadness you bring to other people in modern world, in modern countries that don't get killed by it, is pissing the rest of us off. For ending with one last quote, I want everyone to realize that they're an amazing person and that they have most likely overcome huge obstacles in their lives, whether that be emotional distress, triumph over something they thought was out of reach to them. But whatever it might be, you need to give yourself credit. To give any credit to a God for helping you get there or overcome it is shortchanging yourself. It's not allowing yourself to see your full potential. The moment you've put God away and realize that you alone or you uh, with the support of some of the closest people around you got you through the tough times, got you to reach your goal, then you will see the true potential in oneself. I leave you with a quote by Christopher Hitchens. God is not great. The only position that leaves me with no cognitive dissonance is atheism. It is not a creed. Death is certain. Replacing both the siren, song of paradise, and the dread of hell, life on this earth, with all its mystery and beauty and pain, is then to be lived far more intensely. We stumble and get up. We are sad, confident, insecure, feel loneliness and joy and love. There is nothing more, but I want nothing more. Thank you for listening. If you find this podcast useful, feel free to share it on any social media outlet you use. You can also go to www.insideamillennialsmind.com forward slash support to donate directly. Thank you for listening.